Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Allie Owen on the RiderFlex podcast. Uh, yeah, Allie, what happened was we did a few like early on and I had the black screen, the, the background. And I had a few people who were like, well, it looks like your head's floating and you can't see anything else. And it kind of looks silly and whatever. Well, then we did a bunch of them like that to where it's kind of the brand now, right? It's kind of branded yeah. that way. So it's like, uh, people recognize it as, oh yeah, the, 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 the one with the black screen, blah, 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 black shirt. So we just kept it going. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the whole Johnny cash, you know, you know, once you started wearing black, he, he, he you know, that was it. Right. Totally. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Allie, um, tell us, about you, the person, maybe early on, family, childhood, siblings, parents. Give us some personal stuff if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. So um, I grew up outside of LA and um, yeah, I basically was an only child, uh, lived with my mom and stepdad um, okay. outside of LA. And then my dad got remarried and has three kids so they're all under they're all like 10 years younger than me so they're in their teens okay, um, okay. so I get Gen Z's perspective from them and oh, I'm, well. I'm a not cool millennial for sure I do so many <laughs> chuggy things chuggy is like the term for well, well what does that mean I don't even know what that means <laughs> it's like it's like a tiktok term it's a term for like super millennial things like you'll see you know, like hobby signs from like Hobby Lobby to say like this home is blessed or something like that's super chuggy because it's like very millennial and like lame, basically. Because, what, because millennials want to save the planet and be nice to everybody. And Gen Z is like, they're <laughs> over it. They're over that. Or what, what, what is that? I don't <laughs> No, it's not that deep. It's, it's more like um, just like basic stuff. Like I would say Uggs are probably pretty chuggy, like, you know. It's like trend. It's more like trends that are, um, are like millennial specific trends that Gen Z doesn't think are cool anymore. So. I didn't. That's interesting. See now, my yeah. boys, our, our children are millennials. Uh, okay. so, and my grandchildren are not old enough to be Gen, or they're not. So I don't. I don't really experience Gen Z a lot, right? So that's yeah. interesting. So you're. So your dad, uh, mom and dad got divorced when you were little. Dad remarried mm -hmm. later. Yeah. Okay. And you got, okay. So you got, what'd you say? Three half brothers and sisters or step where they step or yeah, half? They're half. They're half. They're half. Okay. Yep. All right. But you stayed with your mom and your stepdad through high school. Yeah, actually in the middle of high school, I moved in with my dad. So oh, I moved to oh, Texas. What happened? What happened? Did you get in a fight with your mom? You're like, I'm going to live with <laughs> you know, teenage girl stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes, totally. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wanted to just live with my dad too and get to know him because I'd never lived with him before. So I was okay. like, and my mom was getting a divorce from her second husband. So I was like, oh. yeah, this is a good time for me to, you know, get to know my siblings too. So, okay. um, I moved to Texas. Yeah, it was good. I mean, they were really young at that point, you know, when I was in high school, they were in it like elementary school. So it was it's hard. To, it was hard to relate to them for sure. And I was more like, the nanny than a sister in some ways. Uh, um, what? So you graduated high school from Texas? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, where? What town? Outside of Houston, it's called Katy. I know where that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. So that uh, that's why you ended up going to UT University yep. of Texas yep. in Austin because it was in Texas or in state or whatever. 
Okay. Yep. Yep. And my dad went there too. So there was a bit oh, of a oh, family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you graduated from Katie. You, uh, but by the way, your relationship with your mom's still good to go. Mom and dad, yeah. everybody's, it's all yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> your mom still lives in California. No, my mom actually moved here to Colorado where we live now. So, oh, okay. Had, so she's, oh, yeah. We had a baby, um, last year, early last year. So. Oh, congratulations. You're a new mom. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. So your mom wanted to be close to the grandbaby. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Very good. Okay. That, yeah. That's cool. Your accent yeah. is your accent is got that, um, Valley girl. It's, almost, it's well, uh, but but it's it's there's a little hint of that, but then it's been blended in with the Texas kind of kind of feel, yeah. right? So it's got this 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 mix. <laughs> I definitely still say y'all all the time. Do you? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Very good. Okay. So you're you're going through college at UT. Yeah. Are you like straight A student? Go to the library every day? Or are you like uh, barely? passing because you're partying all the time like what kind of student are you I would say I was in the middle um you know I got I graduated with a 3.3 so I wasn't oh, like okay. all right. I wasn't like a 4.0 student but I you know yeah. also was really social very social and definitely had um, my fair share of parties um, <laughs> that I enjoyed on 6th street in Austin that was a fun time great time <laughs> I've been I've been uh I've been personally hammered on Sixth Street in Austin several times. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. What you're talking about? Uh, yeah. Okay, so you got your uh, degree in mathematics. What was the early thought? Like, what what were you thinking, or what was the what was the early kind of semi plan? Yeah, I mean, I would say I I didn't really have a plan that much at that age. Um, I was not very um driven really in college um okay. all right i i wanted to be a teacher i thought i'd be a math teacher and i ended up getting my teaching certificate and i chose math because i love math and it was easy for me and I, um so i was like i guess i'll just do this and then i tried teaching and oh. Oh, you i did. really didn't like it yeah i just did my student teaching and i was like this is so repetitive and mm -hmm. i mean god bless teachers because they are amazing. Um, and it's not, it's, it, it's not something I could do. So I was like, I need to find something else that is a little more challenging for me that like, it changes a lot more than in okay. more, you know? So yeah, I ended up applying for grad school. Cause that's my dad is a petroleum engineer. So that's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And he so was like, got, he always yeah. wanted me to be an engineer. And I was like, no, because I just didn't want to do what he wanted me to do, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but then finally, I was like, OK, I guess I'll try it. I got a full ride to USC for what so you got like, a full ride to grad school at USC. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty yeah, good. Very lucky because I actually I didn't get into any other grad school. So and then I got a full ride at USC. So I was like, OK. Well, I guess that's a sign that I'm like supposed to go there because no one else accepted me. And then USC accepted me with the, you know, I'm like, maybe they messed up the paperwork or something, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> uh, nice. Did you move yeah. back out to California for that? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. All right. All right. So you go. All right. So you're living in Southern California. You're getting your master's. Mm -hmm. You're thinking I'm going to be an engineer. All right. Then yeah. what happened? Yeah. And then I tried engineering <laughs> and I worked, uh, I worked for three and a half years as an engineer after grad school. And I worked through grad school too. Some, and, um, you know, I liked the business side of things. I was like okay. so fascinated with the economics portion of, you know, the oil mm. and gas industry and, you know, buying, like understanding how, you know, you can price land and how you can economically justify certain projects. And mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. part of the job I was really fascinated with, but I didn't really love like the actual day to day of the, the work. It was also kind of repetitive and um, okay. yeah. And just like monitoring wells performance and like doing the same pump swaps that we've, you know, done a hundred times. Um, so then I was kind of looking for something else and I was, um, are you time, single now, now, right here in this, in this moment, are you single? Are you married? Are you dating? What, what, where are you socially? Yeah. So I started dating my husband, like right when, 
we were, we're both engineers. So we met in the oil and gas industry, like in Bakersfield, California. And so we were dating. Yeah. And um, we got married in, yeah, in the middle of my engineering um, job. So, okay. So you were still, you were still working as an engineer when you guys got married. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. But you're having this, you're having this early kind of uh i'm not gonna call it a midlife crisis but you're still kind of like man what, what do i really want to be what do i really want to do yeah right. okay okay yeah right. i was like i don't want i don't see myself doing this for 40 years you know i, I don't and then we um got really into the fire movement have you heard of that i haven't no but i mean i know about i saw the van and i did i studied yeah. on your whole thing but I, what, what's no i don't know what that is the fire movement yeah, it's financial independence, retire early. So oh, it's, oh, oh, I should know yeah. that. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's a it's like a group of people that save really aggressively so that they can like retire and live off their investments at a young age. So Okay. All right. Yeah. There's so this blog, did- Mr. Oh. Money Mustache, who kind of started I, I don't know if he started the movement, but he definitely made it more mainstream because he retired like at 32 from his engineering job and uh, just lived off his investments. I mean, now he makes like a million dollars a year on his blog. So I mean, that's nice. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got into that. So you got into this fire movement and say, okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So then we were saving like 70% of our income. We were um, like, we bought a house in Bakersfield and we were running out the other rooms. So we were basically like living uh, on like our housing expense was a profit every month. Um, we were just like trying to optimize our whole lives so that we could retire early, like in our thirties. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then we were, we got to thinking, we're like, well, what if we could like do something that we enjoyed now? So we don't actually have to wait even 10 years. We could, you know, create a business or a life that um, is really aligned with things that we love to do and um, things that we're passionate about. And that's kind of where the idea of sweet logic was born because uh, Matt and I were both doing keto and low carb for various reasons for me, for some hormonal health issues. And for Matt, his dad died really young of cancer and his grandma from diabetes. And so just these, these motivations encouraged us to eat this way. And especially in 2018, there were zero products on the market really that made eating this way easy. So we were making these mug cake mixes every night, just finding recipes online and you know, they were so delicious and like satisfied or sweet tooth, but they were kind of a pain in the ass to like gather 10 ingredients, weigh them all out every night. And so we were like, well, maybe we could just package these and package these mug cake mixes in a pouch and sell them and see if there's an opportunity there. And um, yeah. And then we launched at the end of 2018. So, so you were making it already for yourself. Yeah. But you figured, okay, if I'm going to make this batch, why not make a big enough batch to eat and sell basically? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You didn't have a commercial kitchen, anything like that. Nothing like that. No, our first run, we found this like small mom and pop co-packer that like co-packed out of their garage. They were legal because we couldn't legally sell. You can't legally sell food that you produce in your kitchen across yeah. like County lines. Right. You can only sell it like at your farmer's market or something. That so sounds yeah. Right. Yeah. So we had to, um, had to find some place and we found this little mom and pop coat packer. Of course, back then you're Googling, you're like, man, can we even sell this shit ourselves? Can we do it? Is yeah. This legal? We- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, were so, you both still, were you both still working? You both still had your regular jobs as engineers and you're doing this at night and then you, you bootstrapped the boots. You used your own money from engineering to get the coat packer and all that set up. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up um, at that point too, we were like, well, let's just take a break from our jobs and see what, what it would look like if we went all in on it for a year, we had saved up a bunch of money and like, we're like, we can live off this and use this as investments too. And just kind of like, see what happens in this year if we go all in. Um, Now now the entrepreneurial move right there, you're dead. Nobody in the family, anybody on his side, an entrepreneur, his parents, anybody, anybody like a risky taker, risk taking entrepreneurial type spirit. I'm just curious. No, my, my dad has a spirit of it. And, you know, he like does a lot of day trading and options trading. So I think that's where he gets his, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. 
his risk taking. I think I get that risk taking from him, but my mom's a social worker. Um, yeah. Matt's dad was a policeman and his mom was a waitress, a career waitress. So, wow. I mean, yeah. Okay. So no, no, no huge entrepreneurs necessarily. You guys are really the kind of the first ones to step out there like that. When you called your, when you, when you guys talk to your parents, you're like, Hey, we're going to quit our jobs and like make these cakes. Were they like, what you're going to do? What? They were actually, yeah, I mean, they were like, okay, well, you have the skills to go get another job if you need to, you know, they were like, they, and they were like, you know, do what you want to do. Like they, you know, they thought we just kind of wanted to have fun and live in a van and like have an excuse to do that. Um, They didn't, I don't think they really took us seriously. And I don't think they really understand. I don't think a lot of ways they really even still understand like what we do now. (laughs) <laughs> and you know they're like, uh, okay you, how's the business you know you, it's hard when you don't own a business to understand what you're you know what it, it is isn't it it really is yeah. true now it's, it's funny you bring that up because it's very similar for my own mom now and some yeah. family members have, when I go back to Oklahoma and you know they ask about the business and I I, I kind of from 30,000 feet I kind of talk about it but it, it just doesn't Unless you've been an entrepreneur or a business owner, it just doesn't really register, right? They just don't yeah. get, yeah. So I just kind of yeah. like, I, I say a few things and then I just, we just move on to other topics. Yeah. <laughs> how, exactly. did, how did the van, so so you set up the LLC or whatever, you get the co-packer, where's the van part come in? How does that come in? Yeah, I mean, it, well, there wasn't really a strategy behind it. Um, I think it was more like, something we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, we thought, Hey, let's like take this time that we have, you know, before we didn't have kids at that point, we're like, when are we going to get this opportunity to just like go and travel and take a break? We kind of looked at it as like a mini retirement, like a sabbatical and also to pursue our entrepreneurial interests and see what that would look like. And we are like, well, let's not do it in Bakersfield, because we don't, we don't really like Bakersfield. Let's travel around and see where we want to live and where we want to settle down. So that was kind of like the idea of the van. Did you have any experience in what they call overlanding or, or boondocking or camping and travel? Did, were you, you know? I mean, camping, yes. And backpacking, yes. Um, but no, you know, and we'd done some road trips and we'd done a lot of traveling, but no, like, overlanding experience yeah i mean it's a whole different lifestyle right there's so many people now on youtube that have channels for that and stuff um did you have to spend a lot of money on the van did you did you did that cost a lot to build out or did you find one that was kind of half there what would you guys do yeah we uh i would not recommend what we did to anyone (laughs) um (laughs) uh we were like let's get the cheapest van we could find and we got an eight thousand i think it was eight thousand dollar sprinter van that had 400,000 miles on it and it had a, it had a, they had to replace the engine. So it essentially didn't have that many miles on it, but um, yeah. And then we built it out for about 15, I think. Uh, Okay. Yeah. You got like 25 grand in it or whatever already. Okay. Yeah. And then we had to replace um, the, uh, the transmission. Yeah. I was like, what's the one start to the T the transmission. And so that was like another couple grand, but we ended up, you know, selling it after living in it for eight months. We sold it for 29. So we like broke even. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, on only eight months. So, so that only lasted eight months. Were you like, okay, I can't, I can't do it. Were you like, no, I can't. I yeah. Can't. It was, it was um, like, it was amazing. It was like both. And, you know, it was like really hard to actually focus on building a business while you're traveling, which is something we didn't consider. Like, you know, the logistics of being plugged into Wi-Fi. And then you also feel, you know, when you're in these beautiful places, you're like, I want to go hiking. I want to explore. I don't want to be like stuck in my van at my computer, like working all day. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, well, you know, we had our fun. We, you know, visited all, we went all up the East coast. We, we did a ton. And so we're like, let's go hunker down at Matt's mom, mom's house. She lives in outside of Aspen. And we're like, we could be ski bums there, like, you know, work at the ski company for like two hours a week and get a free ski pass and then really hunker down on the business then. So okay. that's really when we started taking it more serious, I would say. And we actually like got in the back of a bagel shop um, that uh, we, we connected with and that we were producing our own products there, we're able to like launch a bunch of new flavors and 
you know, test and um, really get uh-huh. a lot of data. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. when we really started taking it seriously, I would say. Okay. Very good. Now you just hit, I want to touch, before we go any further, I want to pause right here on the working from the road in a van because yeah, I don't know about you, but when I, <clears throat> when I drive through Colorado right now, sprinter vans that are decked out for overlanding, they are everywhere. I mean, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. I see a sprinter van like every 35 seconds and with, with, I'm just imagining, okay, there's another software engineer in there and he's, we're kind of, you know, work from the road or whatever. It's getting very popular. Uh, you just hit on the two things though, that I think are very tough. I, number one, the internet connection and the speed of the internet, you know, uh, because everybody has this vision like, oh, I'm going to get in my sprinter van and then I'm going to go up to the mountains and I'm going to work from the mountains. Well, good luck with that a lot of times yeah. because you can't get connected. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's a problem. And then the other big problem that you mentioned that I haven't talked about on the podcast, which I think is great that you brought it up. You're at, cause I've tried this myself. I know owning a recruiting firm, Riderflex, I try myself to go up to the mountains in my Jeep and do some work while I'm up there. I try it myself and exactly what you said, you get up there and you're like, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I don't want to set my Jeep for eight hours and work on the laptop. Like I, I want to go over here, this, I want to hike over there. I want to do that. I, you know, yes, it, it's very difficult to trap yourself in a van in a beautiful area for nine hours. It's hard. And I think yeah. people, uh, I don't, they don't think about that when they have this vision of working from the road. I'm glad you brought that up. <clears throat> anyway. Totally. Yeah. And especially at the phase of the business we were in, you know, we were needing to work on it like nine hours right. a day. You know, right. if it was if it was a different phase, like we could maybe work only one to two hours a day, but that's not where we were at then for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you sell the van, you're in Aspen, you're living with your mother-in-law, mm-hmm. you're working on the business, doing a little skiing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it making money yet is it burning cash is it breaking even like where's it at right at this point yeah um it's not making money for sure um i mean i think that first year in 2019 we did 150k in revenue um okay so and it, i think we were negative like 5k so it wasn't like burning cash okay. i was all right but it, yeah, it wasn't profitable. And I, that was not like me taking a salary or anything from it. It was just like no salary. Like, so yeah. basically broke even. And you guys were still living off your savings, plus living yeah. with family, plus working a couple of days a week at the ski thing. Okay. Yeah. And then Matt ended up getting a job um, in the middle of 2019 as an engineer again to kind of working, get some stability. Working remotely? No, he got a job in Denver. So that moved that's, us here to Denver. Yeah. Then that's why you moved to Denver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were you like, were you, were you like, Hey, yeah, but what about our, what about sweet logic? Like, what about the business? We- well, that was the plan was for me to really, I'm be the, you know, take complete control and ownership of it. At that okay. point, I was like, okay, right. well, Matt will work on it in his free time when he can, but mostly it's all going to be up to me. So that was, that was, kind right. of, yeah. Plus, plus you were kind of getting tired of living with your mother-in-law, right. To be honest. I mean, <laughs> yo, she kicked us out. Oh yeah. She was, <laughs> She was like, you guys have until the end of ski season and then you have to go. I mean, it, was nice. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, bad or anything, but she was like, I like my personal space. Like, I, you know. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So he goes, the, he gets an engineering job. You moved to Denver. Uh-huh. No kids yet. No kids yet. No, no. Yeah. All right. And you're all in to sweet logic. You're all in. You're just going for it. Yeah, I'm all in. We found an awesome manufacturing facility here in Denver. The startup scene for food companies is really awesome here in Denver. There's tons of Mm -hmm. um, networks and events. And um, so I just got really plugged in with everything. You know, we manufacture, it was like a semi-automated line. So we were able to manufacture at a much higher rate and able to secure some bigger orders um, and upgrade our packaging. So that really like elevated the brand and and gave us a lot more data. Still bootstrapped at that point? You hadn't taken on any cash? You hadn't raised any cash for anything? Oh, yeah. We're still bootstrapped today. So. How about that? Very <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. for the listeners, let me let me go ahead and get this in there. It is Sweet Logic is the name of the company, but the website, the URL is eatsweetlogic.com, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Just want to make sure I tell everybody. Plus, you can also find Allie, but it's Allison, right? Allison Owen on LinkedIn if you want to find her there. 
Um, plus they have Instagram and all that good stuff, right? You can find them on social media. Um, so more in vitamin to, shop too. And then and you're in the vitamin shop. Okay. Yeah, so are you yeah. selling on Amazon, your own website and vitamin shop? Are those the three places you can get it? Yes. Um, there's other some other places, but yeah, mostly those are the, the biggest channels. Yeah. Okay. No other grocery stores yet. No other, no other uh, retail outlets besides the vitamin shop. Some smaller mom and pops. If you, they can go to our website on the, the find a store and they can see, yeah, we're in about okay. 150 others, but yeah. Well, does the vitamin shop have an exclusive or you're just trying to, you're trying to get into King Supers and you just haven't gotten in there yet. Or what's the story? Yeah. Vitamin shop was the first um, company that came to us. They came to us back in 20. 19. Actually. Oh, they knocked on your door. They knocked on your yeah. door. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you were know, you like, were, you, were you like the CEO from the vitamin <laughs> shop is on the phone? <laughs> it wasn't Sharon. It wasn't oh, Sharon. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, um, but you know, they, they passed on us in 2019. Oh, they, oh. they like, they looked at it. They, they reached out to us and they were like, Hey, we're interested. Can you send us samples? And then they were like, okay, we're not interested anymore. And I was mm. like, dang, okay. Um, mm. And then I just kept following up, like kept giving some um, updates on the brand. Like, you know, we changed the name, um, we updated our packaging and we still have the same formula, but I think those two things really elevated the brand to actually where it was ready for vitamin shop mm. um, and just, you know, increased our manufacturing capabilities. Um, and then so. they, and then they then they said okay we'll test it in like five stores or what was the original test how many stores no the original they went to i think it was 600 stores what? like from the beginning yeah so did they you were, have the did you have the capacity to, to get to the first order when they placed the first order you were like oh shit yeah we did <laughs> we were ready <laughs> <laughs> but we had to yeah definitely hustle for sure. Oh, that's cool. All right. When they placed, when they placed their first big PO, that was, that was your biggest moment in the company so far then, wasn't it probably? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, just getting that credibility to being in vitamin shop is big because I mean, we do well on Amazon and on our website, but it doesn't have the same credibility when you say, Oh yeah, we're on Amazon. Like, I mean, cause anyone can get on Amazon. Like, right. You know? Right. You can make a seller central account in 20 minutes and uh, <laughs> on there. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think it definitely added some credibility to the brand and started feeling more real. Of course, of course, you're most profitable, probably when you, people buy directly from your own website, obviously. Actually, it's on Amazon. We're more profitable, sadly. I know huh? because what? they have the shipping, the logistics, like their shipping side <laughs> of things. It's so much cheaper than what we can ship for. Oh, oh. Um, is your co-packer yeah. doing the shipping if they buy from your own website? Who's doing the yeah, shipping? Yeah, the co the there's a fulfillment partner with the co-packer that yeah. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So Amazon's got it down to where even if they buy from your own website, it's still the margins are still better through Amazon. I didn't know that. For us, I don't know if it, I mean, because we're also yeah. small and light too. So we get categorized in a special program because our mm. products are really light. Mm, mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Give us the, give us the uh, elevator pitch for everybody. That's like, okay, sweet logic. What the hell is that? Like, they don't what <laughs> give it to us. Go for it. Do it. <clears throat> yeah. So we make keto friendly baking mixes with one to four grams of sugar. Um, our most popular product are mug cake mixes that are ready in minutes in the microwave. Um, we have 11 different flavors of mug cake mixes. My personal favorites are triple chocolate and blueberry muffin and lemon poppy seed. Our lemon poppy seed is amazing. Um, but we also have a full-size pancake and waffle mix, full-size brownie mix that are all keto-friendly and sweetened with allulose and stevia. So we don't use any sugar alcohols. Um, so, you know, some sugar-free products you may have tasted could have some a minty aftertaste or like give you digestive distress. And with the sweeteners that we use, um, there's no aftertaste and it's a really enjoyable experience. So you, yeah, that's, that's a little um, elevator pitch about who we are. <laughs> now, what <laughs> makes you, what makes you so different is, or do you have like some sort of patented secret formula that can't be copied or <laughs> Can somebody else do the same thing? Like, so I guess it's a two-part question. What makes it super different? And, and how are you protecting yourself from somebody else's making the same thing? 
Yeah, no, unfortunately, recipes can't really be patented. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pretty much anyone can buy our product on the shelf and try to reformulate it. Um, And it's it's not that hard, actually, with the requirements for uh, ingredient listings and the uh, nutritional information, too. Um, So, I mean, we protect our brand uh, by having that direct line to the consumer with our um, online and our Amazon business. And um, basically having that community has been able to be a brand because anyone can come along. Like Duncan Hines actually came along uh, in 20, beginning of 2020, I think it was, and launched a really similar mug cake product Mm. um, that's now being discontinued from a lot of shelves um, because the consumer doesn't resonate with the Duncan Hines brand as a healthy for you brand. They want a new, you know, they want, they want a brand they can trust. So that's what we really want to be. That's why we have our family spaces on all of our website and in our, you know, advertising, we just want people to be able to trust us as a, a low sugar keto friendly brand. Okay. So you just said something that's key that I want to, that I want to pause on. So when I, was doing my prep for the podcast. Do you want to know what interested me the most when I just like, let's just say like the first minute and a half of my investigation of you to get ready for the podcast. Do you know what intrigued me the most? Just take a guess. Was the personal aspect of it that we have? Uh, totally. I'm mean, when I saw you and the guy, you and your husband on the, with the van photo or whatever. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, oh, cool. What, what's going on here? What, what, what's, what's the deal here? I, I, that that stuff matters, man. I, you know, you're, you're so right. Like anybody can probably make this stuff, right? Um, and the reality is some of these big companies can probably make it for cheaper. Uh, yeah. Because, totally. you just, because so, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, well, why would the consumer buy it from us? Well, because we're cool, because we have a story, because we can, yeah. we can relate. They can connect with us. Um, they're part of our Instagram family. They're part of our Facebook family. I mean, that stuff matters. Uh, it, it really does. Um, and so, you know, however many followers, I think, what do you got? A thousand followers on Instagram and 2000 followers on Facebook, something like that. We have like 15,000 on Instagram. I think. Oh, 15,000. What am I looking at? How come I'm not looking at the right thing? This is, <laughs> oh, I'm not, oh, I pulled up pin. Wait a minute. Wrong one. Pinterest. Wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Oh, 15,000. I mean, that's a big deal, you know? Um, and then of course, you know, once you get that kind of following, then they're depending on you to keep feeding them. You know, they're going to, they're, they're going to be like, what, what's Allie, what's Allie doing this week? I want to know what I, you know, now you got it. Now you, yeah. you got to feed the beast a little bit, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> uh, but it does matter that, uh, and I, and I think millennials in particular want something they can relate to. I think, um, People my age in their mid fifties, they're not quite there all the time. You know, they're more like, okay, I just want convenience and price and I don't care about anything else. Millennials are much different. I think they, they want to, they want to relate. They want to connect in some way. Um, And so uh, that's going to be really important for your brand. Uh, I'm glad you recognize that. And uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually like kind of bummed out that you're not still doing the van thing. Like I thought that was still going. (laughs) <laughs> oh having a baby in a van just does not sound like yeah that, that, that. <laughs> you know you should have like little uh watch parties or whatever where you're like hey you know what's your what's your husband's name matt matt you should be like hey me and matt are going to be in the van uh, on 16th street in denver this weekend come see us you know hang out <laughs> or whatever like I, you know stuff like that matters but uh okay yeah, we All thought right. about like selling some mug cakes out of a van, kind of making it like an experience, you know, yeah. uh, related to the van. Uh, I think that would be fun. I think that would be fun. I think yeah. that would be fun. Okay, very good. So yeah. what's the plan? Are you, uh, so you're, you're, um, you're making money now. Are you paying yourself yet? No, no. Okay, that's it. But we're yet. in a very high growth rate. So it, we have an employee that we pay that I choose to pay over myself. So I'm like. That's what, Hey, that's what founders do when you first start. It's part part of it. I mean, you're doing that. You're doing what the story is, right? Like so many co-founders, if, if, especially if their spouses or partners, if one of them can keep their regular job for a little while for insurance purposes and everything else, right? Because now you have child and you need the healthcare. 
Yeah. If one of them can keep the job and then one of them can kind of work on the business a little bit and then yeah, you can't, you can't pay yourself really at first. If you're not, especially if you're not funded or if you haven't raised any cash, then you're paying employees ahead of yourself. And then even when you do start paying yourself, you're probably paying the employees more at first. Cause I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, that is the typical story, man. That's, that is, that's it. That's, that's the yeah. life, you know, to get it going. Uh, yeah. My question is, are you thinking about, a cash raise or you're like, Nope, I'm just going to bootstrap it and keep doing what I'm doing. What, what's the, do you have the perfectly whiteboarded plan and map or you what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, so we're going to raise some family money this year. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Friends and family, friends and family round. So you're raising, yeah. are you in the middle of this friends and family round right now? Are you like, how are you like, Hey dad, I need this much money or where, where are you at with it? Yeah, it's just dad. It's uh, <laughs> he's okay. the he's the friends and family that we're raising from. So I don't have to like go and you know try to convince everyone. He's been very he's been pretty involved this whole time. So isn't it interesting that at first I can only imagine what he thought at first, right? He probably yeah. was like he's like, what the hell are you doing? You're in this van. You're driving yeah. around. <laughs> now you're at the ski. Now you're in Aspen. You're skiing half the time. Like, come on, Allie, get your get your shit together, Allie. Like, what are you I doing know. with your life, Allie? And now, boom, here he is ready to invest in your company. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I know. I think it was it was a combination of like just time and proving the concept to him too. That just it Love takes it. time. And, you know, you just have to show that you're going to be resilient and you're going to make it work. Um, you know, we've been in business now since 2018. So we've shown that, you know, we've, we've overcome a lot of battles. We've, you know, lost money in many instances. You know, we've we've had to figure a lot out. So I, I wouldn't have invested in me probably four years ago either. So <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> now, how are you going to negotiate with your dad when he's like, listen, I'll put in this much money, but I want this much equity. Like well, what, how, that, that's a weird conversation, isn't it? When you're like having, when you're trying to negotiate equity with a family member. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be fair. Uh, we haven't totally had exactly what percentage he's going to get, but we've also talked about doing a convertible note. So we don't have to, uh, okay. put the value on the company right now. So if that, okay. if there comes to be some like, you know, disagreements about how much he's going to get, we'll be like, well, let's just table this discussion and do a convertible note until. Very good. What's the, what do you think long-term, but do you want to just build this for a lifestyle business long-term for yourself? Or do you want Duncan Hines to buy you someday? Or, or what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, um, if we found a partner that would want to continue the brand um, on in a way that felt, you know, right to us, then I think we would consider selling at some point. Um, but also we're really just enjoying the process. I think that has been key is to just enjoy the process, overthink of like how this is, we're going to exit this because that's going to take, well, we're going to take a while to get there. Um, at least the business we want to create. So um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, that, that could happen, but ultimately we could just keep it in the family too. I could see that happening too. So it's kind of, you know, we're keeping it's our options open. It's interesting. You, you, you're right. People almost forget sometimes to just enjoy the ride for, for a minute, yeah. right? Like you don't plus let's be honest. Every time, every time a startup says, sits down and white whiteboards out their 10 year plan and everything, it's like, you know, <laughs> most of it doesn't matter i mean i know it changes so many times there's so many pivots there's so that's yeah. why when people when people call me and you know and my advisory board members if they're listening to this episode they'll probably be pissed but you know, they'll be <laughs> like okay well i need to see the new updated five-year financial model blah 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 and i'm like okay look yeah. Look, man, I, you know, we, Hey, look, we signed a new contract this week. We placed 10 new people. I did three podcasts and now I'm having happy hour and I'm not worried about anything else. So it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> you just kind of have to enjoy, just, just, just do it. Right. Yep. So many people spend all this time on this fantasy monopoly money plan yep. that usually never comes to fruition anyway. Hmm. Uh, and I know all the, entrepreneurs out there that have been on the Rider Flex podcast are like, Steve, you got to have this shit planned out. You got to have a plan. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. But really just kick ass in the moment. Just do a good yeah. job, do a good job, make a good product, deliver it on time for a good price and enjoy the moment. How about that? Totally. 
Yeah. And there's, cause there's going to be so many things you can't predict are going to happen too. It's like, like, like COVID. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so you just kind of have to, you know, do the best right next step that you think every day. And I think a little progress every day is all you can ask for. And sometimes you get too caught up in like the plan in the long term and forget just the next right step you have to take. So that's good stuff right there, Allie. Just concentrate on the next step forward. Yeah. Just take them, just take the next step forward. And by the way, even when it's painful and you fell down on the step previously, just get back up, take another step. Yeah. (laughs) Brush it off. Uh, let me let me ask you uh, a couple of so congratulations by the way uh, oh, that you you've got it you've got it this far the fact that you've bootstrapped it yeah well I didn't I forgot to ask you in no debt you don't have any debt we have a thirty thousand dollar SBA loan okay no, yeah. that's that's which is like three percent interest for 30, 30 yeah years. yeah it's like a hundred bucks a month <laughs> <laughs> that's almost doesn't even count as debt so. Um, all right. <laughs> Bootstrapped. You own a hundred percent of the company until your dad takes a piece. Yeah. Um, and you've survived this long. You've kept your marriage together, even though you started a company, you had a baby on the way, uh, boy or girl, by the way, girl, girl, yeah. what's her, what can, what can, can we get her name or you don't want to share? Yeah. Her, her name's Holland. Like Holland. Yeah. Oh, really? Are you, is your family Dutch? No, no, we just okay. like that name. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so Holland, yeah. all right, I like it. Yeah. So you yeah. had Holland, you had a baby, you're keeping your family together, you, you kept the business together, you're not burning cash, it's moving right along. Love it, I love that. You got Thanks. in the vi- you got in the vitamin shop, you yeah. got to, you got to talk to Sharon, the CEO from the, or Vitamin World. Sorry, Vitamin World, no Vitamin Shop, no Vitamin, vitamin Shop. shop. Right. Jeez, yeah. oh my God, yeah. Sharon's gonna kill me. You're gonna have to edit uh, that. I, got, I just totally don't say, oh my God, sorry. <laughs> the vitamin shop. Sorry, Sharon. Um, you got in there. That's great. I mean, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Um, I want to yeah. ask you a couple of questions here in wrapping up a couple of uh, outside the lines questions a little bit. Um, your, how you've decided to manage your own personal social media Um and, and what others you see other CEOs and founders doing. I'm curious. You know how some of these founders and CEOs, they go on social media and they decide they want to uh, talk about sensitive topics or political topics or hot topics of, of the day or whatever it is. And they want to blast uh, their opinions and take sides and whatever and all this stuff. What are your, what are your thoughts on that and and how have you decided to manage that aspect of of your personality online yeah um as you know we build the brand uh we just want to be a trusted authority in space and so that's how i've kind of looked at um sharing on social media and building my own social media is like how can I build trust? And to me, I trust people when they're honest with me and when they're vulnerable with me about um, what's really going on. And they don't, you know, they don't just share the wins. They share Mm. the struggles. They share, um, you know, the hard points. They share that I haven't taken a salary, you know, ever. And it's like, you know, but you also share the wins too. So I, I just get, I know when I interact with social media as a founder, I get discouraged when all I see are other brands like sharing all of the wins. Cause I know behind the scenes, there's always stuff going on. You know, you can never tell um, from like when people aren't honest. So that's, that's kind of been our standpoint is like, you know, as, uh, as a bootstrap business and soon to be, you know, just like a family owned business basically is like, we have that ability to um, not have to, really care what anyone else, uh, like, you know, or we don't have investors board, that are like board you know, members or investors. Yep. Yeah. That yep. you can't say that, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're not, you haven't paid yourself. You can't say these things. Like no one's telling us that. So we're like, well, let's just share the honest journey. And also, mm. um, you know, my family is Mexican. I'm Mexican. Like my dad is Mexican. And it's like, it's really important for me to show as a Mexican woman that, that it's, it's possible for anyone to do it. And I want to be honest about the journey too, that it's not 
easy and it's not, there's not only rose colored glasses, but that it is possible if you have, you know, grit and some problem solving skills when, you know, shit hits the fan, um, you can figure things out and kind of like inspire other people. So that's kind of like the, the goal of how we share online and, um, the strategy behind that. I can sense that. I see that online. I love that. I think that's uh, a wonderful way to approach it uh, for sure. I think people want to see that and people want to know what the real story is, right? They want to yeah. know what, what's going on behind the scenes, you know, yeah. and, and, and the, the different things that struggles because you're right. Everybody struggles. Isn't it? It's the same when I meet people, right? They always just tell you all the good news and you're like, okay, well, come on now. We all yeah. know that uh, there's, there's struggles. Me and Matt got in a fight today because he didn't like this flavor. And I told him we were going to launch this flavor anyway or whatever. <laughs> what's the, what's the biggest exactly. disagreement you guys ever had? Can, can you think of a good one? You want to share a good one? I'm sure there's been several, but anyone, anything in particular you want to share when you were like. Yeah, I can think of, you know, when we were approaching the rebranding of changing the name and upgrading our packaging, like he really didn't want to spend the money. Um, because it was going to be like 20 grand to upgrade our packaging and, you know, get the name trademarked and stuff. And he just, he's very much your typical engineer mindset. Like he didn't see that that would actually add value. He was like, people are going to buy the product or not, you know, the packaging doesn't matter. Mm. And so I had to convince him, you know, that to trust me on this and he did. And then eventually, you know, he came around and he was like, you're right. That, that really elevated brand and actually opened up a lot of doors for us. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, we, we haven't really had any like big blows. They're pretty like, you know, okay, let's talk this through. Why are you feeling like this? What, you know, and we really respect each other's opinion. I think that's the, the foundation of any successful business partnership is like respect for who the other person is. Agreed. Agreed. Who came up with your packaging and colors? Did you hire a marketing firm or you did that? No, I hired a, a, you know, not a firm. He's just a guy that, um, you know, Christopher at um, Tenfold. Yeah. In Idaho. Yeah. He lives on his, he has a farm and he has a bunch of kids. He's like, just does it, you know, packaging design in his basement. So I highly was looking for that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. I think the packaging, I think the packaging is a huge difference. I mean, Mm -hmm. the majority of consumers when they're looking at a shelf at a grocery store, the packaging is what catches the eye. I mean, that's, that's what they reach for. You know, it's, you know, now once they get uh, hooked on a brand or they become loyal to a brand, maybe, maybe they stop paying attention to stuff. But at first, especially if you're a new brand, it's all about what the eye catches, I think. Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it looks good. I think it looks really good. So shout out to, to Christopher. <laughs> yeah, <he killed it. laughs> but I also, you know, led a lot of that. Like we iterated like a hundred times um, based on, you know, customer feedback that we've received and did some like mm. test groups and did some surveys and stuff. So very, very, very good. Are you still, are you going skiing this year or no? Yes, I am. It's actually supposed to snow today. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's oh, so you're still trying to get some skiing in. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah. But I have a baby now, so it's hard. I have to like, you know, find someone to watch her or you know. Oh, how's it how's it what's it like being a mom so far? It it is so hard. I have so much more respect for parents than I have so much more respect for my parents. Um, you know, but it's also amazing at the same time and like so rewarding and fulfilling. It's it's Does both me- hands, you know. Does Matt get up and change diapers in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Okay, Matt. All right, Matt. I'm, I'm watching you, Matt. He's very like, you know, I mean, we we did this. Um, these cards that are called fair play cards that oh. basically uh, you they have all of the uh, household tasks that you would like that, that any okay. household does basically. And okay. you, uh, you go through them and see how much each person does to see if it's actually like 50, 50. Oh. And yeah. And it was, you know, there was a little sketchy there while we were doing it because he was a little defensive about some of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to but, pull out the, he's trying to pull out the dishwasher card and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we filled the dishwasher together. 
right? Yeah. Uh, but it was helpful to just lay out, you know, and, and really define the roles as to like, who's doing what, like Matt's in charge of all the cars. Like he does maintenance on the cars. He, you know, mm-hmm. figures out if we need a new car or whatever. Like he does all the house repairs or, and, and it's just like defining these roles because especially when you have a kid and you have a business and you have so much going on, you can get resentful of the person. Like if you're like, you know, I'm washing the dishes right now. You're like, you're sitting over there, like on your phone. Like that's, you know, it, you can, it can build up. So it's, I, it was helpful to like identify, you know, what are each of our jobs and that we actually do have an equal responsibility in the home and in the business. So we're trying for a modern I, partnership here. I love it. Now, are these cards you can order online? Where Are these like real cards you hold in yeah. your hand? Oh, yeah, it's oh, on yeah. Amazon. They're called Fair Play. There's a whole book on it too. So. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would be curious to, I wonder what my score is with my wife. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be curious to know, actually, kind of, I mean, yeah. we, uh, well, I've been married to Kim for 22 years, so we're very uh, in the, in the groove, right? Like, I know what, I know what my jobs are. She knows what hers are. And we, for yeah. example, for example, I always make the bed. Like I, oh, yeah. I have just always been the one to make the bed. If I'm not here, like if I'm gone for the day or two, the bed does not get made. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Cause she's like, I don't do that. That's not my, she's like, that's not my area. That's your area. Yeah. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what our score is. I'll have to talk to her about this. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, <clears throat> very cool. Yeah. Very, one, one last question. I know we're out of time. Um, if you had to define your core purpose right now in life, Let's set Holland and Matt aside for a minute. Yeah. Because they're kind of, that's kind of like obviously the main core purpose. But so aside from Holland and Matt, like how would Allie describe her core purpose? I think to live up to my full potential so that I can be of greatest service to others. That- oh, that's pretty good, Allie. <laughs> that's pretty good. Did you practice that or did you just, did, no. did you already have- did you? I just uh, came up with that on the spot. <laughs> wow! All right, that's pretty good. You might want to write that. Down. You might want to frame that. That's a good one. I know. I know. It just came to me. But yeah, that's ultimately pretty much sums it up. Very good, Allie. Thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. I had a great time. <laughs>